Last week, we talked about pairing huge impact with your exit strategy. This week, we're talking about making the jump into nonprofit leadership. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited because we have Angel Even joining us today. She is the founder and CEO of Led by Truth, which is a phenomenal organization um, that helps out the BIPOC community by setting them up with mentors and partnerships and helping people grow into who it is that they truly are and who they want to be. She has a background in healthcare, is a phenomenal leader, and we're just thrilled. So Angel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be on your guys' podcast. Well, thank you, Lisa and Ted. Absolutely. We're so glad and thankful that you're taking time out of your day to be here and to share with our listeners. Um, To get us started, could you give us a little bit of background into how this organization got started? Because I know you were full-time in a for-profit industry, and there were just some moments where you're like, man, there is a need here. Can you share a little bit about how your nonprofit was started? Yeah. So I, um, as you had mentioned, my background was in healthcare for about 12 years for the last seven and a half doing consulting work and executive coaching at a, at a few larger organizations in, in Minnesota. And I'd say it took me a while to realize exactly when, like I started to kind of think a little bit different of where I wanted to go professionally. But honestly, I feel like it was probably a few years ago. Um, working in healthcare, especially doing consulting work, you, it's a lot of influencing, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to grow leaders and teams and and coaching them along to look at opportunities within their organizations a little bit differently in order to benefit the quality of care for their patients, as well as um, the flow and, and teamwork um, in their departments and within their sites. And I honestly remember, um, a meeting I had, and I was just actually thinking about this yesterday um, when I connected with some old colleagues. And it honestly was one of the breaking points where I started to look for um, a different uh, job outside of the organization. I We were rolling out this massive system change. We were uh, meeting, we had a virtual phone call with several different leaders and um, across the system to talk through, okay, we're going to, let's test this out first. It's massive. It's looking at the flow for patients who might be experiencing a mental health crisis and um, trying to expedite their care from the emergency department into an inpatient mental health unit. And Mm -hmm. remember, we're having a conversation um, with some leaders and it was a simple question as to, okay, do you have capacity to test for a day? If you're testing for a day, is it four hours, is it six hours? Can we test for two days? Can we test for three days? And then come back, reflect, um, and discuss if we're ready to roll out and go live across the system. And maybe I caught this leader at a bad moment, um, (laughs) but I remember that they completely snapped at me. And I remember saying, I'm just here to help you. (laughs) And it was one of those moments where I'm like, one, 
why am I putting myself through this? And and it was just, it, I remember I was so frustrated in that moment because my, granted, it wasn't, what I was doing wasn't something that I love to do just because I love doing consulting. I love growing people. Um, I love seeing people, even sometimes those naysayers, people who feel like, oh, nothing will ever change. We've been doing this forever. And to to see them at that moment of saying, okay, if we try this a little bit differently, it can work and I can see the improvements. And in that moment, I just couldn't see that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember I was trying to look at like, what do I want to do? And working in healthcare, especially within the Twin Cities in Minnesota, um, it's not too many options. People float back and forth from system to system, and you end up working at pretty much all of the health systems by the time you're done with your career. But I started to really reflect back on that and try and figure out what is my next step. I did transition to another healthcare um, organization in a similar role where I was coaching executives again, but I started to actively figure out like, what do I want to do? And things actually came to fruition for me a little over a year ago. Um, I remember I was at another breaking point of like, I just want to help people (laughs) and, you know, and working with people and it felt like you're shoving your services at them and they weren't ready to, to accept Mm, them um, or accept help. And I just felt like I, I wasn't professionally fulfilled. Like that was my, my buzzword, um, you know, for my career, I wasn't professionally fulfilled. And I remember reaching out to actually a career coach, Um, you know, it was, and pandemic time and um, an individual, his name was AJ, was offering free uh, career and life consulting for individuals. And he is an entrepreneur, has done amazing work. I'm just floored by all the things that he's accomplished. But like, you know, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and I thought it would turn into something different. Like I, in my head, I'm like, okay, I wanna be at this point in my career in healthcare. And I know I'm gonna have to do this job first and then this job first in order to get to something that I, feel like it would fit. And I was talking to him about it and he said, why would you waste your time doing that? Like, what are you passionate about? And Mm. I told him, I said, I love growing people. I love coaching others. I love being a change agent. (laughs) I love thinking about strategy. Um, And as I was telling him this, he said, you need to sit down and write all your passions on a post-it, stick it on the wall, think about it for a while and then start to align what you want to do based off of your passion versus just trying to get the next thing because it Mm -hmm. wasn't working for me. Um, He did say I should have had like 70 to 80 post-its. I had seven, (laughs) 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 but like, um, but I remember looking at it. I looked at it for like a week and a half. I was just, it was when I woke up, I looked at it. When I went to bed, I looked at it. And then I started to put it together because I do love, coaching. I love growing people. And how can I leverage my skill sets to do just that? And it was in the midst of, you know, George Floyd being murdered and reflecting on my own personal experience with racism um, outside of work, inside of work, (laughs) lots of microaggressions, being a woman of color, working in um, large organizations and having to not only have my voice heard because of my experience, but my voice heard because I was a black woman. And it just ended up honestly clicking for me in that moment of Mm. wanting to do something that made an impact, but it was directed at things that I wish I had when I was consulting. I never had a mentor Mm -hmm. that looked me. Um, I never had a coach that looked like me or understood when I said, 
oh yeah you know i was getting mansplained again oh no you know they do it to everyone it's like no like i was with another colleague <laughs> they were white that didn't happen to them mm-hmm. and it just like i had those experiences where people just didn't understand um and so i started thinking about it and my first thought is i want to create some type of a mentorship program to help um, provide a space for people of color to learn and grow within their profession and not to depend on others to be like, oh, I'll give you a shot now, but to be able to say, no, I'm going to be my boss. I'm going to drive my future and here are the tools, here are the resources to get me there. And so I knew I wanted to create a granted mentorship program for Black, Indigenous, people of color entrepreneurs to just thrive. and as I got to that point, I had to start to think about like, well, okay, like what does that look like? What does that mean? But um, it was honestly last summer was the most clarity I ever had <laughs> because I knew I'm like, this is what I was meant to do. Hmm. That's a good feeling when you get that moment of clarity and you realize like I've been wanting to help people <laughs> and like I've been, it's like you've been hitting your head against the wall, just trying to figure out how to help people. And then all of a sudden you realize hey, there is this passion inside of me that I could actually use and leverage to help people (laughs) to actually do what I've been wanting to do. And I think a lot of uh, nonprofit leaders, that's kind of where things start. They, They start to realize something's not meshing up with who they are, with what they're currently doing, and they see a need and they know and they realize that that need fits perfectly with who they are and what they're passionate about. And then to take that step can you talk a little bit about taking that step to transition out, you know, like transition through those different uh, like work environments, right? Because one is very like you're very much dependent on bosses and, and other people. Right. And then now this we're stepping out in the nonprofit world like you're it's kind of like a, a new playground that you're not used to. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I'll say it's. It's, uh, it's beyond scary. And I made some changes <laughs> where it's like, I took a risk, <laughs> but I knew that there was like some safety net. And with this, like, you know, as I, you know, last summer, as I came to this clarity and I started to write my business plan, I like, it started to feel real, but it didn't quite start to feel <laughs> real until this year when I actually submitted my application to be a 501c3. Hmm. And I then started to, you know, looking to hire a marketing consultant. Then I'm like, okay, now I'm putting money into this. I created <laughs> a board. I'm like, okay, now others are also invested. <laughs> and as you're going through those steps, you're like, okay, this is a thing. We have a board. We're looking at our strategy. We're having a whole marketing planning session to try and figure out, you know, we're new. We're, we're, there are other great organizations around the Twin Cities that provide um, mentorship services, also some funding opportunities as well for, for people and, and also specifically people of color. Um, and so it's, you know, you're, you don't want to think this way, but you are, you're somewhat competing. And I remember, mm-hmm having a conversation with my board of saying, I don't want to feel like it's competing. I just want that to be another resource too, because maybe they're not a good fit being a consultant and a coach before. Sometimes you have clients and you just might not mesh well. So right. like we, you know, we, as we, we started to plan and it's starting to feel a bit more real where we're thinking about partnerships and um, how we can leverage other organizations in around our area to build a partnership and to change kind of that viewpoint of competition, but turn it into something positive, it definitely started to feel a little bit more real. I'd say, um, you know, 
as we were working through this too, when we finally received our 501c3 status, granted there was a leg, <laughs> it was quite a leg um, with the IRS. I mean, lots <laughs> going on, pandemic, um, everything's been delayed. Uh, but I remember when I got that notice, I was so excited because I knew that was that next step in our journey, which then means, okay, we can apply for funding. Um, we're gonna, we had set a, a launch date and I'm the type who said, it's the date until it's not the date. And we kept feeling like, well, should we push it out? We gotta push it out. I said, hey, if keep pushing it out. We know that we were starting to plan um, like phases. So we had launched our consulting services. So that's the other side of things because we, we knew we wanted to be an organization that was able to generate revenue to feed back into our program um, yeah. because that's how you could make it sustainable. Our, mm-hmm. My biggest thing is I wanna create something, not to create something, but make it sustainable to make it long lasting in our community. And, um, you know, when we set that date that this is when we're going to launch, and I remember recording my launch video that I put on social media, and I was like, okay, like, I'm out there, I'm advertising, (laughs) this is real, there's no, like, taking it back and be like, just kidding, Um, but it's everything that I worked up towards, so I I definitely think as I was working through those key steps, that's when it started to feel real for me. Yeah, it's like peeling peeling back the layers, right, every time that you do one thing or you share it with another person, it becomes more, like, everybody starts to hold you accountable, and then the moment where you put it on social media, where it's like, okay, now the internet never forgets, so I can't just say, uh, never mind. Just <laughs> right? kidding. We're changing that. Yeah. It, I mean, I love what you said. I'm um, going back just a little bit about you didn't want there to be competition, but partnerships. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge because as nonprofit leaders from what we've seen and, and we're, when we're working with them, sometimes they'll be like, there's another organization that's doing something similar or um, they're kind of doing this, but they're not doing this. And it's like, it's so easy to get focused on the people around you. Um, forgetting yep. that the need is so great that having multiple other organizations is a good thing. It's not yes. it's not like where there's a certain market share you're trying to get in the for like in the for profit, even though that's how we think about it. Um, it's in the nonprofit, like the more organizations that are tackling it and then can work together to tackle it in the best way possible, um, the impact has a chance to be so much greater. And you're right, like some organizations, or I mean, some people are going to connect with certain organizations over other ones for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. That's how it yeah. is in the in other areas of life, too. So I love that you're looking at the partnerships. Yeah, we see we see that all the time where it's like, it can be really easy for nonprofit leaders to start to get a competition mindset. We've seen this like in the in the church world where they're kind of like ah. comparing like, oh, this they have this much attendance and that kind of stuff. And, and that can be really destructive because... Uh, ultimately, we're not trying to beat other nonprofits, right? We're all trying to grow together to make some change in the world. And so what happens is if if one organization starts to get like a competitive mindset, they start trying to offer way too much when the people they're trying to help have such specific stories, such specific life stories that when we learn to partner together, we can actually help the most amount of people. When we're trying to be everything, it doesn't work very well. And so I, I love that you have taken that mindset saying, nope, we're not trying to be competitive or trying to compete. We still want to be excellent, right? We want to yeah. be excellent at what we do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, 
we recognize that we might just not mesh with some people and that's okay. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So so you are newer, which is so cool. Congratulations for getting all that paperwork done and for getting it back from the IRS because that by itself (laughs) should be like a party. (laughs) um, Throw a party for when you get the paperwork back from the IRS. As you've been looking forward to the future, what are some things that you're running into as you're trying to plan for the future? Because getting started, you don't know how much funding you're going to have. You don't necessarily know what the true needs are going to be because those those develop as you build those relationships. So what are some things that you're kind of looking forward to in the future or that you're trying to kind of figure out right now as you're beginning your work? Yeah, um, I'll start with kind of the things that I'm figuring out and um, encountering as I'm going. So I'd say with the IRS part, getting the your determination letter that you are official, approved 501c3 is the first hurdle. Um, but there's something that no one ever tells you you have to then wait to get into the database. So Mm. there is about an, it took 90 additional days for me to get into their master file. And I didn't think that was important until we started to apply for our first grants and we were being turned away because those funders couldn't verify us in the master file. And we, we said, oh, we can send you our determination letter. They said, no. We have to wait until you're in the master file. So that is <laughs> can be a little bit of a blow as you're like, oh, I waited three months. Now we can do this and like work on getting funding, also work on marketing to get clients in and then realize, oh, this other piece. <laughs> we have to wait a little bit. We actually didn't get into the database until a week ago. Um, and oh. we received our 501c3 status in May. So it just, it's it's those pieces that you, as you go through that journey, you start to (laughs) understand and learn too. And then you have to think through like, okay, now we're going to (laughs) pivot. What else are we going to do? And now we're going to really hone in on focusing, building our network. Um, And so some of the things that we're trying to do now to get over that hurdle of of, um, our other kind of um, revenue stream, right, with, with grant funding is, well, how can we get clients in our consulting side of the business to then also generate revenue and get our name out there. So one of the ways is looking at other like associations that we that I can join, um, network in, that can really help not only build, again, potential partnerships with other businesses too, um, help me grow as a leader because I'm I always say I'm a forever learner, so I love learning new things. But being able to build also potentially referral partnerships, another way of, sometimes just word of mouth too. Mm-hmm. So I recently joined the, or applied to join the um, Business Networking International chapter. Again, another great organization that is wants to help leverage other businesses within the community and build some type of collaborations and learn from one another. Um, looking at, you know, Activate Network, that is a networking chapter focused on women of color. So those are some of the things that we had to try to strategize as to, okay, we need to get in front of people, we need to get out there. People are sick of Zoom calls, so it's like, <laughs> they have to see you, they have to hear you, like, um, touch you from a distance, right, um, <laughs> six feet away. but. Thinking about those different different avenues, um, we have been doing different markets as well. So actually, last weekend I was at the Black Businesses Beautiful Market. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but oh. that was started. Um, I want to say maybe November, October of last year, um, geared towards highlighting and giving a space for local 
black businesses. Um, all are welcome to course you shop, but it's again, just highlighting those because sure. um, the, you know, as I was also understanding the problem we're trying to solve with our, with led by truth, understanding the huge disparities between um, you know, the economic growth between people of color mm-hmm. is really surprised me. I mean, in the Twin Cities, only 7% of businesses are BIPOC owned. And I mean, in the Metro, we make up 22% of the population. Right, I was gonna so say. So to try wow. and understand that, it's it's really surprising. But, you know, at the markets, another way of getting your face out there, um, passing out information. And so I think, you know, as we're going, we're trying to figure out what's, what is our new marketing strategy? It's like, yes, we can leverage social media, but honestly, when you're, especially if you're service-based, face-to-face, making contact, speaking to others, like talking through things, like that's the best mm-hmm. way I feel um, to really get your message across and resonate with others. So we'll also recently um, fill up an application to be at the Selby Jazz Festival in September, cool. um, which is all over in St. Paul. I don't know if you guys have been. Um, I've been once before and it's, it was amazing. They always have live music, great vendors, local business um, business owners, as well as artists that attend there. Uh, but that's been one of the hurdles that we've been working on. As it relates to your other question as, you know, where do we, you know, what are we working towards to in the future? So our grant and mentorship program is launching January of 2022. And really right now what I'm working on is is making sure that we have those structures in place to really build, have those sustainable um, resources for our entrepreneurs. So working on pulling in some additional financial advisors to also be an additional resource for our entrepreneurs, um, firming up our, our marketing resource for them as well. So they can have a consultant um, to either provide them with an overview or also leverage as they're building their business plan. Um, but we're also looking for additional mentors. We have two great mentors right now that have volunteered their time and are sitting waiting and ready for the program to start in <laughs> January, which I'm really excited about. But um, but this is the other piece too. You know, our program and our services is all about having that mentorship with another person of color. So I'm excited about that and building that and also being able to continue to build on um, future partnerships with other organizations too. That's so smart. I love that you're, you're not just, I think a lot of people look at social media sort of like, oh, it's the magic bullet, you know, it'll just, it'll do all the stuff. And it's like, uh, it's, you, 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 first of all, you really have to know how to use it. But then secondarily, it, there, there are just parts of it that aren't going to work with every organization. You have to figure out what are, you know, who are the people we're trying to reach? And also who are the people that we want to partner with? And, you know, who are dream partners, right? And so when you figure out Sometimes they don't look the same, right? The people that you're trying to help and reach aren't necessarily the same people that are going to be, you know, donating or funding or volunteering with the organization, right? Um, Actually, a lot of times uh, they're not the same group. So then you want to figure out how can I reach them? Where are they hanging out the most? Are they on LinkedIn or are they on Facebook? Like who knows where, where that group is and where is the group of people that we're really trying to help the most? nonprofits kind of have a double job when it comes to marketing because they have to market to two different groups of people, people so that they know that the service exists, that they can come and get the help. But then also marketing to the people saying like, Hey, we need your resources to be able to make this happen. And so uh, the fact that you're branching out and working in these different areas to see how you can, how you can get the word out to the right groups of people is huge. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. Um, one thing that you mentioned that I just want to touch on a little bit is you're offering consulting as part of your revenue stream. Um, there is a huge misconception that nonprofits means you can't make any money doing anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Could you chat a little bit about that? Because we know that it's not like nonprofit is its own thing, but you can do that. But at the same time, you're going to have some challenges where people are going to say, aren't you a nonprofit? Why would I pay you for this? So can you talk a little bit about that? Because you're in a unique position with that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, I actually, um, I remember I had reached out to uh, another entrepreneur as well. Um, They do life and career coaching. And she, she was curious as well as to, oh, what does that mean? Like you generate revenue. So I was explaining to her that, um, one, it is all, it, it does come back down to just like the tax situation, mm-hmm. meaning since we are a nonprofit, any additional um, revenue that we make at the end of the year, it does not go in my pockets, it goes back into our business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, a nonprofit, it's it's serving the community, it's um, providing services and programs to the community, and especially identifying a specific need in the community, and then being able to fund their program. So I think there is a non-traditional viewpoint of, of nonprofits, which is Oh, all you do is get your funding from grants and donations and fundraising. Um, that is a revenue stream, right. but it shouldn't be your only one. There is a concept called social enterprise. And granted, actually, for-profit organizations can have that model too. But I wanted to think of uh, Led by Truth in that model where it is finding ways to fund your programs, your program for the com- that's community-facing. Mm-hmm. And so... I had to think of another way of generating revenue. I can't just rely on grants because tell you one, even though there, there's a lot of grants out there, it's not as easy no, to it's obtain tough. grant funding. It is, it is um, a like job applying, and a half. Yeah, it's like applying for scholarships for college. You know, it's it's a job. You gotta yes. and you have to present yourself well and show what you you know what your plan is and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not easy, and so you organizations shouldn't just rely on grant funding ever. You always should have another way of generating revenue. So again, I was thinking, I had to think of in terms of, well, keep to our mission. We're not gonna just try and have a random way of creating creating revenue. We wanna make sure that it still sticks in our mission. So we provide, again, um, consulting services to black indigenous people of color who are business owners, leaders, as well as other professionals in the community that either want to grow and develop themselves um, in their in their role. Maybe they're thinking about, maybe they do own a business and they're just stuck and want to think of different ways of improving their services or streamlining it to help their bottom line. Or it could just be that they're work at another organization where they might be in charge of overseeing maybe improvement work or overseeing a team and they just need help leveraging someone, another mentor, another thought partner on how to engage their their staff, um, as well as how do you roll out change and sustain it. Um, and so keeping in line with our mission, as well as like I'm keeping in line in what I what I do. So um, in 
sticking to what I'm passionate about too. So I kept relaying on that, those post-its that I wrote of, (laughs) these are things I love. So how can I put that into this side of the business as well? Um, But we're also thinking about other ways too. So I know I had mentioned like, this is what I learned about (laughs) as I'm going through this journey. Um, I think a lot of that would be really helpful. I'm a part of a different Facebook groups where people are asking a lot of questions as to like, what does this mean? How do you do this? Now what's the next step? Um, So my board and I have talked about uh, joining Patreon. Hmm. So Patreon is a site you can create different like membership levels where people can join and subscribe and another way of um, generating some revenue. But what we want to do is do the insights of Nonprofit 101 and what are we learning along the way um, when we're drafting our agenda for our board, what are we talking about? Like, what's the strategy and intention behind that? Um, You know, how's our decision-making process go? Because I think there's, of course, when you think about nonprofits, it's like, oh yes, you have your founder, you have your, the staff, they're doing the business, but then we're setting strategy at a board level. So what does that mean? <laughs> how are How is that interaction with the founder, CEO, and, and the board and what mm-hmm. goes into that? So that's our other way too, that we're gonna be actually launching. We're gonna have our first test run of, <laughs> of filming something this Friday, um, myself and my board chair to again, snippets, um, a little bit of information to put out there because as you had mentioned earlier too, there's you can never have enough resources out there um and starting even if you've just started a business or have been in business you're like ah feel like it might not be i need a new way of thinking about things um being able to leverage other people's experiences is always helpful absolutely absolutely and patreon is a really awesome platform i have some experience with that too and it's just it's really really a great way to kind of have an on-ramp for some Mm -hmm. people who want to help but maybe you know, they're not ready to, you know, drop like a $10,000 check or something. Right. And it's a cool way for them to be more involved in getting skin in the game. One of the things that we talk about a lot with uh, other nonprofits is we're working with them is increasing, like heating up the core of the people who are involved and getting more people's skin in the game. So that way they, they want to see it succeed, not just from an outside, but I'm part of this. Like, I want to see this succeed because it's my organization. You know, just like the leaders of the nonprofit, like yourself, you want to see this succeed because this is like, this is like your child, you know, but you want to bring more people into that realm. So they all have that level of ownership. And when that level of ownership kind of hits them, then they start to tell all their friends about it and making sure that, you know, other people know, and then other people come on board and start bringing funding and volunteer resources and and all that stuff and heating up that core is great but patreon is a really good example of a way to have an on-ramp for that right so it's not like hey we need all your skin in the game right now but it's like they give them a chance to just kind of like (laughs) dip their toe in in a little bit and see and learn more about the organization and start to really care about the cause Mm -hmm. definitely um Are there any things right now, like you just got started, let's say we have someone listening who is currently in the for-profit considering nonprofit, they have something that's kind of coming in, what's your biggest piece of advice for them? I'd say my biggest advice would be really reflect on, you know, what is your why? Um, I think sometimes people want to start businesses just to start businesses, Mm -hmm. and I think 
one, I feel like you can be invested more. Like, as you said, this is my, <laughs> I feel like this is my baby. And I, I'm, I'm invested because I, I feel like I took some time to really figure out what my why is um, and how that can translate like even beyond myself, right? Um, and I think reflecting on what you're passionate about and how can you leverage your own skills. I think a lot of times people feel like, well, I can't do anything. I don't know what like what I would do. And everyone has some type of talent or some type of ability that I don't think they really take the time to really appreciate um, and harness. And sometimes even know how to unleash it, right? Mm. Uh, so I'd say if, if you're thinking about starting it, like, literally write some, write down, um, you know, the things that you love to do. Like I said, with AJ, so appreciative of him. <laughs> like, and I never really thought about it in that way too, of, of like shifting my focus and putting it, you know, developing a business plan around the passions that can be transferable into a business. But that's what I would recommend. Um, just don't say I'm going to go sell this or do that. Um, think about what you love to do. Um, how you can leverage your own skill sets and start writing things down. I will also say too, I had many evolutions of a business plan <laughs> from a year ago to like today, right? And it's it's supposed to be ever evolving because as you're getting in new information and you're socializing your plan and your thought and your business with others, or even Actually, my first market I went to, I went to the Camden Town um, uh, National Night Out Market in North Minneapolis. And um, and I was getting some feedback from others. And granted, um, there's a lot of need for, you know, building resiliency in others and um, more of that wellness side. And um, I ended up referring someone to someone else that I knew that was doing it just because that wasn't quite my business. But I appreciate what they were saying. But I ended up thinking, too, of making sure I'm not narrowing my scope to just like a certain role um, because I think I always would tell people it doesn't matter if you're a frontline staff or supervisor or someone in maintenance or whatever you do. I think of everyone as leaders because there's always moments when you're working where you are taking charge, you're leading, you're thinking through decisions. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I have to remind myself that too. So I'd say don't narrow your scope, but really think through and be okay with things evolving over time. That's really, really good. Well, we're going to we're gonna wrap up with our kind of final question. And this is the question we ask every, every one of our guests is what does the idea of building a legacy or leaving a legacy mean to you? Yeah, for me, I'd say I will know that I am successful in what I'm um, in what I'm building with Led by Truth is when it can be operational, it can be running, it's still standing beyond my time at Led by Truth. Um, and you know, I you know, of course, I'd love to be here forever. But my for me, the legacy is it's it's standing, it's going. But then you're also making that positive impact. Um, I want to be that resource, maybe a go-to resource for individuals, um, for the community to know that, oh, you have questions, Led by Truth can help you with this. Uh, so having that ability to leave that impression on a community and know that the quality of services and programs that you provide meet their standard and meet their needs. So to me, that's legacy. That is, <clears throat> that's a fantastic, um, that's just so great. I love that, that if it's standing beyond me, 
Like, it's not just all on you, but it's built in a way that's going to outlast your role there, whatever that might be. That's so beautiful. So awesome. Angel, um, where can our listeners find out more about you and about Led by Truth? Yes. Um, check out our website, www.ledbytruth.org. We're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And uh, for those who love to network, we're also on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa and Ted. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersInTL.com. 